Good morning, good people. Welcome to ADC Sports Live, presented by the Cochran Firm, Boston Scientific, and DFW. Sir, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. The reason why this thing kind of took a bit of a turn, kind of breaking news a little bit. Uh, we'll get to that in the roundup. Dak Prescott update, a better update. But today's meat and potatoes of the show is about dissecting this offense, looking at some of the things that went right, looking at the things that went wrong. We're going to take a look at the struggles of Dak, this passing game concept, the running game, a little bit of the O-line, but this is mostly about more so the passing in the running game here, right? But yeah, I kind of got thrown off here at the top. I saw somebody in the chat say breaking news. I'm like, whoa, whoa. So I head on over to Twitter and I'm like, where the breaking news? Where the breaking news? Then I see that Jerry Jones has stated that, and I quote, let me, let me read this quote real quick so I don't mess this thing up for you here. Jerry Jones on 105 through the fan, I think we're going to do here is we won't be putting him on IR, which means we want him to be consideration for playing within the next four games. Dr. Jerry Jones is at it again, but shout out to the bomb squad in the building. Bomb squad! Dr. Jerry's at it again. I, I, you know, I don't know. It is a clean break and we'll get to kind of the updates here in the roundup. So maybe he will come back sooner rather than later. But uh, we still have to figure out a way to maintain and stay above water until that happens. So we'll take a look at what, you know, they can change from this this offense while they have Cooper Rush, which they won't change much, according to Mike McCarthy. But what they can do better, because he said they got to be better. So we'll, jo- we'll jump into the film room. So, you know, hold tight and stick around for that. And then, like I said, in the roundup, we got some more injury updates from our guy, J. Ron Curse. Yeah, I'm not really sure I feel about about Dr. Jerry coming out saying this, man. But I'll get into the roundup. I'll come out of it, and I'll I'll see what you guys got to say about old Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones being a doctor. And not saying this is going to happen, but the other team did talk about it in regards to this said quarterback that they potentially could be looking at. I don't think they should be, but I'm going to ask you guys in the chat here in a second. So let's just get right into it, man. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. So came out yesterday, J-Ron Curse. Shout out to Jordan Schultz. Dropped the news that he has a sprained MCL. Good news is, though, that the ligament is intact, but he's expected to miss a few weeks. I don't know if few is two or if a few is four, but we'll be without J-Ron Kirsten. This is one of those positions that, as much as I love J-Ron, if it was only one or two games, you feel you feel okay because of Donovan Wilson and, and then the young bucks behind him, but what they showed in the offseason. But Dono played a great game. I thought he had a really good game. He had the interception. Um, he was active in a run game. Not that he was a factor, but he was he was around. I thought he looked good in coverage too. T- t- to be completely honest, when I put on the tape, 
And listen, y'all know me. Well, a lot of you guys don't. But a lot of people were here a couple years ago when I was champion, or last year, champion for Donovan Wilson. I truly do believe if Dono's body can hold up, he he could be a really damn good player in this Dan Coin defense. So I don't really have super concerns without J. Ron Curse. The only concern would be, well, who's going to be the guy to get these guys in order and check, a.k.a. the, the green dot? And it sounds like it's going to be... LVE. I believe it's going to be LVE who strange game himself led the team in tackles, but most of those tackles were, were downfield because of the run game kind of getting to the Cowboys on the left side. And boy, Donovan Smith, <laughs> he put LVE in kind of a blender, man. But yeah, we'll, we'll see LVE with the green dot. I'm fine with Donovan Wilson being a starter. Expect to see Marquise Bell and or Israel McQuamel being called up. I should have been called up anyway, but man, what do I know? So as you guys can see right here, <laughs> I made this roundup prior to Jerry Jones coming out, literally as I'm, we're on live, and he says what he says. But before Jerry came on, there were multiple reports about this Dak Prescott thing. And I, this is, this is going to be annoying over the next month. But some reports had six to eight weeks. Then Tom Palacero came out this morning. Shout out to Tom. And he said after in, after the surgery, it was a good surgery, he could return in four to six weeks following surgery Monday to repair his right thumb per sources. Depends how the bone heals. Then Jerry comes out and says, I think we're going to do here is we're going to not put him on IR which means we want him to be considered for playing within the next four games. We feel very good after surgery that Dak has a chance to be out there pretty quickly. Mrs. Jerry says, that's not being an optimist, please. Surgery's done. Now they assess the healing, grip, ability, et cetera, et cetera. Well, kind of threw a wrench in my roundup here, but I'm going to be honest with you. I, I do not and did not expect Dak to be back within three weeks because that's what we're talking about here, right? Like they're not putting Dak on IR because they think he can be he can come back in a three week turnaround. Because if he misses four weeks, the whole point of IR is that they miss four weeks so you can open up that roster spot. But that's neither here nor there. So if he comes back after three weeks, good for him. I just hope it's not a rush job and now the bone's not completely healed and. It's susceptible, susceptible to being re-injured. I've been here before, Cowboys Nation. It's not a collarbone, but I've been here before. My off-injured quarterback returns from a break, only to break it again in less than two weeks. So, you know, I'm no doctor. I just stayed at a Holiday Inn. But I will have a doctor on later, and we're going to talk about this with Dr. Boothby, so make sure y'all hit that notification bell. Uh, should be dropping later today. And not that this matters, but I do want to ask you this because they asked Shanahan about this. Stephen Jones came out yesterday and said the team will be evaluating all options at the quarterback position in regards to adding a third quarterback on the team. Cooper Rush is number one, Greer is number two, but you usually try to have three guys in general 
And then Shanahan was asked about listening to calls on Jimmy. Just like all players will listen to anybody on anything that never changes for any player or coach will always listen to anybody. If you don't know how I feel about the situation, I'll, I'll let you know how I feel about the situation. I personally don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a savior to this offense, to this football team, whatever. Is Jimmy Garoppolo better than Cooper Rush? Sure. He is. There's no doubt about that. Would you trade capital, draft capital to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo for three to three to eight weeks? Who the hell knows? Me? No. But I want to know what y'all would say about this real quick. Would you trade draft capital to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo as this team is currently constructed? Maybe I should say, do you think Jimmy is a savior? Some people may think that. Some people think Cooper is. So if you think Cooper Rush is the guy, you've got to believe that Jimmy is the guy, right? So serious question, though. Would you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? And that is this morning's roundup. If you want to call in, we already got some people on hold here. 351-999-3787 is the call in line. I will tell you right now. Um, let me see how many. Yeah, we're starting to fill up here. Yeah. So what we're going to do is I am not going to do the phone. I'm going to do the phones after we hit the film room. That way we don't have to stop and go, stop and go. So if you're going to be in there, it's going to be going to be a little bit. So just hold tight or come back. Hell no. No. Uh, only if we pick up another weapon. My man L said, Jimmy. He is not your savior, <laughs> Kendrick voice. Kellen's allergic to the run. We're going to talk about it uh, versus Jimmy isn't worth it. No, I like Tyrod Taylor, Shaq. I've always been a Tyrod Taylor fan, especially as a guy that can't come in here and do this. I believe in a guy like Tyrod Taylor for a good five, five games type of situation. Nah, they not Malik. They not trading Malik Willis. Uh, I'd rather go with Will Greer. No, says Swain. My man Frost said season's a wash anyway. After what the offense put on tape, we about to get to it. Uh, they need all the draft capital. Kind of how I'm, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Maybe if this was more of an all-in organization, even then, I don't think Jimmy's that guy. But hey, if you were an all-in organization and you had a, a different team around the quarterback situation. But but this doesn't feel like an all-in situation or an all-in organization. So for a draft and develop franchise, you're going to give up draft capital for a four-game rental. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it making sense to be honest. Now th now that though that part makes sense. Toxic it says depends on the price, right? Everything depends on the price. Sure, if they want a bag of chips for Jimmy Garoppolo. Take my seventh round pick, right? Whatever that 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 makes sense. But if I'm the Niners, why would I do that? Why would I say, yeah, you guys can have Jimmy Garoppolo for free, when we may be leaning on Jimmy Garoppolo? They just took an L. Now it was in a monsoon, and you know they're not going to give up on their quarterback right away. But what if he gets hurt? Or what if he has injury issues? The 49ers might have the best backup situation in the NFL. And I don't mean that that he's the best backup quarterback, which he may be, but I mean, your backup literally took your team to the Super Bowl and NFC Championship game twice. So, and he's been with this coach for years. He knows his offense. He knows his players. They got the best backup situation in the league. Why would I do that? 
I'm saying? Exactly. They're going to extort. Exactly. Oh, y'all need a quarterback? I'm going to come up off that second round pick, third round pick, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. So, now, I'm good on it. Sir ADP, yesterday's price is not today's price. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you guys got any more updates on this whole, you know what? Don't drop no, never mind. Don't drop no Jerry quotes up in here. But if anything happens, y'all know, y'all know what it is. Just drop it in the chat and um, we'll work through it. I lied. I said I wasn't going to get on the horn. Here's what I'll do. Because I feel like I don't, I feel like I haven't talked to this person in so long that I got to get this person on the horn before he goes. So bear with me one second. Before we jump into everything, I'm going to get to the Pulse of the Nation hotline presented by the Cochran Firm. Since 2005, our guys Larry Taylor and Brian Pope have been handling the most challenging civil cases in the DFW area and for the DFW community. Wonderful gentlemen that will fight for you here if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or Houston for that matter. Or Houston. All the co-confirmed civil cases are handled on a contingent fee basis, meaning there is no financial recovery. If there is no financial recovery, then they charge no fee. So if you have any questions, if you need a lawyer, if you need some guidance, hit up the Cochran Firm at 1-800-THE-FIRM or schedule your free consultation today at CochranTexas.com. We got the one, the only, Uncle Charles in the building. What's good, man? Yo, Scott. What it is, what it do? Man, what's happening, man? Uncle Charles, bro. Yes, indeed, man. It's good to hear from you, Uncle Charles. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hate that it has to be under these circumstances, but but how are you, sir? Man, let me tell you something, man. I'm, man, let me tell you something. I'm about five in the middle, man. Let me tell you something, man. I'm all right, man, as long as I'm on top of ground and ground ain't on top of me. Mm. Let me tell you something, man. I'm, I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say this, and, and, and I'm going to make this very brief. Let me explain something to you. I understand Dak is hurt. I get yeah. that. But the reason why Dak is hurt is because of those two men up in that press box, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. You knew that your offensive line was unsettled. You knew if it's a possible chance that C.D. Lamb will not work out at the number one receiver. But you still put your mess on that field. And you did that knowing that. And, and see, you couldn't even blame it on anybody else. The mess you put out there on that field, everybody's seen it. So you can tell the, the press anything you want. You can tell the fans anything you want. Mm. This is your mess. This is Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Man, let me tell you. Every time Jerry Jones used to come on, I used to cut it on there and listen to Jerry Jones. Because, man, I just, for whatever reason, I just like to hear him talk. But now it's just talk. Mm. Okay? If you're not going to protect your franchise quarterback, then don't you bring him back. You let him stay out for the rest of the year. You let him stay out for the rest of the year. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all didn't think nothing was strange when they said, oh, Dak, he had on the wrong shoes. Oh, he heard some pop. Dak was already hurt mm. before his family got hurt. And people did not pick up on it. I saw it. Now, what is something going on with his mind, something going on with his personal life? I don't know. I'm going to pray for him if it is. Let me tell you something, Dak. I want Dak to hear me and hear me real good. Bruh, 
Let me tell you something. I was the main one on top of that house with a flag saying that you need to get paid for what you don't done. You are one of the uh, 12 or 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. And now that the smoke don't clear that, you need to carry your behind down there, your Mississippi Bulldog ass down there to that office down there and tell Jeff Jones, let me tell you something, Jerry. I, I love the team. I love my teammates. But I need another veteran receiver. Because I cannot throw to C.D. Lamb when he covered up. And I got nobody else to step up and make the, make the catch when I need them to. Mm-hmm. He looked something was wrong with that before he entered that field. I don't know what was going on because they come up with the shoes and now the finger broke. Let me tell you something. Jerry, go out there and get Denzel Mills and then you got C.D. Lamb and now you got a better option on the second option because these other young men, they are not ready. Mm. And you keep on doing this, man. You systematically, you undoubtedly threw the towel in in the offseason. When you didn't make no moves on offense, to help C.D. Lamb at number one receiver, you already fooled the season away. And now the fans are sitting there to pay for it. This is your mess, Jerry. This is your mess, Steven. And whether you tell that the, the news one thing, we know another. You made this mess. And me, I'm not going to put up with it. Now, I will support my brother Skywalker until the sun hit the ground. I will support Vach Lombardi and Boss Cowboy and, and, and Law Nation. I will support those brothers. But I will not, no longer, will not, no longer, I repeat, will not support this team as long as we got two incompetent owners up there. I'm the CEO. I'm the owner. I'm the offensive coordinator. I'm the head of operations. Listen, man, you need to own that damn seat up in that press box and mm. let, get out the hell out of the way and let these guys do their job mm. and pull my Michael yeah. Coffey, let me tell you something. The only difference between Michael Coffey and mm-hmm. a piece of chicken is that ain't nobody else at the table to eat it. And mm. that's all I got to say. Oh, man. You done? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. Uncle Charles, fantastic call by our, our one and only Hall of Fame caller, Uncle Charles. Can we get flames? Can we get fire? Can we get bombs? Can we get whatever for that call? That's why I didn't say nothing. I wanted that passion that you heard from Uncle Charles is really in all of us, to be completely honest with you. That frustration that you hear in Uncle Charles is really in all of us. And I think he put it out there perfectly. There was no... Now, normally Uncle Charles got a story and things like that. That's how you know he's he's really pissed off right now. What no story. It was straight to the chase. And if I had to pull, this is no this is no joke. If I had the pull, I would play that call to Jerry. He don't listen. Now, I know he listens to what the media is saying. He may listen to what the four-letter networks are saying. But is he on Twitter? Is he is he in, is he on YouTube? Nah, Jerry not. But that call, if I was Jerry, but it won't, it won't matter. But if I was an owner or something, and I heard that from the fan base, and, and then I tell the, that person, hey, this is is how majority of the fan base feels. This is how they feel. How does that make you feel? Problem is, Jerry's is also the general manager. He's the owner. So at the end of the day, the owner aspect of him, he don't give a damn about it. But from a GM standpoint, you would, you would hope that would make him feel like to be completely honest. Wow. What a call. What a call.
All right, look. The phone lines are jammed, so we got to lock it up early. If you in, hold tight. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get to these offensive notes right now because I do want to talk to y'all some more about the leftovers from yesterday. So uh, let's let's do that real quick. And I want to start off with, obviously, the offense, right? But I went back yesterday after the show. I mean, my goodness, the grind was crazy yesterday. Between From Sunday to, to this morning, the grind's crazy. And just grinded up the, the film. Grinded it up. Grinded it up. Looked at the offense. Looked at the defense. Obviously, the offense was the one that I, I really came away from with most concerns, right? With being more pissed off and frustrated and annoyed. But I don't want to start with that part of it just yet. I want to start off with what actually uh, worked for the Cowboys on Sunday night. And it was the run game. You know, the run game had its success in general. And I think from a schematic standpoint, I believe I said this on Twitter. Let me fix me here. I believe I said this on Twitter. It's as if Kellen Moore did some of these run things, did some of these these creative, for Cowboys purposes, creative schematic things in the run department and said, I bet that's out the way. That's done. We don't need to do that no more. And just revert it back to tight Kellen Moore. This is why I said I got to see it from him first. And and I thought this would have been something that he would have got tight later in the season. He would have got tight midseason. I don't know. But you were having success specifically with, with Zeke. And, and even TP had a couple good carries. You, you're going to look at the total box score and see that it was like six carries for less than 10 yards. But that was because a negative eight yard run at the end of the, the game. But other than that, he had two plus, really plus carries, five plus yard carries. So Zeke and TP were doing decent damage on the ground. They were attacking the outside. They had some good motion. One, this play right here, I thought is a fantastic. This is what I'm talking about when I say pre-snap, at-snap motion. It was successful Sunday night. Pulling, tacking the edges was successful Sunday night. Just stop doing it. You, you stop doing what worked. Pulls worked. Pre-snap worked. Ass-snap worked. Then you stopped. Not only did you stop, the game was never really truly out of hand. Now, it got to the point where 12-3 felt insurmountable, but it wasn't. And then when 19-3 happened, all right, cool, that's a different story. But it was 12-3. 9-3. There really was no excuse to stop doing what worked. Now, we'll get to the passing aspect here in a quick second, but I just wanted to point out that I do think that there was some good things that happened on the ground that maybe you build from from here. My hope is that last year we saw something similar, and then Dallas went on a ridiculous run from a, a rushing department, right? Uh, week one, they were worse than this, but week one last year they didn't run the ball all that often and didn't run the ball that well. Then the following, what y'all five weeks in a row, they just was rushing for about 200 yards a game. Um, they start doing more of those things, those pin pulls, the, the sweeps, the uh, tosses, getting the edges, getting Tony Pollard and Zeke involved. I don't, here's one thing I did notice on Sunday that we kind of predicted would happen more, uh, more 20 personnel, right? More two running backs set with Zeke and Tony Pollard out there. I think you'll continue to see that. I think you'll continue to see it. Let's just hope we can 
remain creative and deliberate when we have them out there. Because in the passing game, I was disappointed when those dudes were out there. They, they weren't deliberately used as, as actual passing options. They were more so uh, checkdowns, which that happens with running backs, but one specific dude needs to actually be threatening the defense, at least one of them. And I didn't see that often. There was one play, but there's a, there's a part of this passing game we'll talk about that uh, it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. So the run game, y'all, uh, it, it was successful. They shouldn't have went away from it. And from, from a play action standpoint, if you don't mind me kind of jumping ahead here, they only ran play action five times. I had a problem with that. Um, and I had a problem with how they ran the play action. And once we jump in the film room, uh, you'll see more of what I'm talking about. It, it, the, the play action game. I just, I've said this a ton of times. But this this scheme, this offensive passing scheme is extremely archaic. And I don't think it's just extremely archaic. I'll leave it at that. We'll get we'll, we'll get to it here in a second. But I just want to bring that up and see what you guys had to say about the Cowboys run game uh, on Sunday. Let me get into the chat. Uh, let me see who I got that I haven't heard from in a while. I heard ever heard from James from Cali in a good grip, man. What's up, James? Hey, what's up, man? How you feeling? I I appreciate um, that. We we ain't everybody's cup of coffee, but but I appreciate it. Like the two in the business, man. I mean, ain't nobody compared to you two guys. Mm. I'm gonna tell you what, though. I'm not real sure who that Uncle Charles is, but I think he finally said, I think, what a lot of us have been wanting to say, but maybe just didn't say. Mm. Just didn't want to step up to the podium and say, but I think a lot of us feel that way. Because, you know, uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Jerry Microphone Jones don't do shit. He don't care. He's got three rings, he's got a he's got a, a Hall of Fame jacket. He ain't got nothing else to prove. He don't care. Right. And Stephen Garage Sale Jones don't give a darn either. He ain't going to go out and get nobody. Even if we didn't go get Greer, if let's say we had to go get a quarterback from the, you know, free agent pool, he was probably, he'd probably go get somebody from a garage sale, somebody you've never heard of or, or you know, wouldn't have been very good. So, you know, these two uh, father and son uh, tandem, if you will, they have got this team to the point to where they put you out there just enough to go, oh, this is our year, but they know ain't nothing to happen, and then you get let down, and it's been, what, 26 years, and it's been the same shit, uh, uh, Will. Every year it's the same shit, and I think you may agree yeah. with that. It's the same shit every year. It's, yeah, I, I mean, last year we had a team. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's, and that's why, it, I mean, I hate to be a – to keep repeating myself. It sounds like a broken record. This is why I don't, when something like this happens for almost three decades, it's not what's on the field. It's how we're getting to what's on the field, in my opinion. Exactly. That, that, that's too long. It's, it's, too, say, it's too much data right. to be, to be yeah, like, oh, it's, it's always the, the players or the coaching, or it is the players, right. it is the coaching, but why is it the players? Why is it the coaching? Because of what, you know, the process of getting to that point. But, you know, we're, we're, we don't have it's a choice like, but to talk about the players and the coaching right yeah. now, so that's what we're going to do. My last my last point, though, real quick, my last point, though, because I know you got a few callers else you got to get to, but my last point is this. Understood. If the front office cares, then why are we in this position in the first place? They knew darn well uh, what, what they put on the field. So what I'm going to say, Will, it's called incompetence. They're incapable of putting a good nah. product out there for us to at least look like we can win. And that's just what I'm going to say. It's, in, it's right. incompetent. It is definitely an incompetent. I do believe it's a competent front office in certain aspects of how they build a team, but I can't say they don't that, that's ever. That's what I'm referring to as the front office. 
Yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna say they don't ever put a good team. I mean, they've had good teams, but but they don't ever capitalize like on. Like I said with Gary, though, you know, this is uh, he always said he always wanted to own a professional franchise. He's got three rings. He's got a jacket mm. in the Hall of Fame. He he ain't got nothing else to prove to himself. Sure. As long as we keep, you know, like Uncle Charles said, as long as we keep doing what we're doing, he's just gonna they're gonna keep doing the same shit. It's not gonna it's not gonna change. Yeah. Do you agree with that? You know I agree with it. Not much is going. Well, I didn't hear you because my phone is kind of running out of <laughs> running out of uh, energy, and I got to plug it in. And I, but I mean, if, I, I mean, said, so. I mean, when you listen to me, you've been listening to me for a while now. You know how I feel about about, about yes, the front office. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but but we got to figure out yeah. a way to overcome that. That that's been my whole mantra. So yeah, that's, they do. that's what I try to do is try to figure out how the hell do we overcome this thing. Yes, sir. Get, they can they can start by getting out their own way. They can do that. That was the very first thing I said after the Super Bowl, and and and, and I and I, right. I uh, used the example of the Brown or the Browns. It's Cincinnati, but the Bengals, where they had a similar owner, and he literally said, "Hey, I got out the way. I just let I let everybody else yep. do what they needed to do, and I, I just stopped. I stopped dealing with the day to day operations That's of the football what they team." Need to do. Yeah. I think a lot of us, man. I think a lot of us uh, are just getting fed up. Indeed. Hey, appreciate right. the call, James. Hey, yeah, it, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Well, like I said, I listen to you in box, man, like, like clockwork all the time. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Peace. Hey, I, I missed a ton of um, Super Chats yesterday. My apologies on that. So salute to y'all. I, I'm going to make sure I don't I try not to um, miss some t- today. It was, you know, Mondays after a game like that, phone lines, which are crazy today, just kind of got beyond me. So let me try to get to these Super Chats. Uh, today's the 13th. Uh, Toxic Tom. Super chat. The Cowboys need more ginger players. I always can count on Toxic for, for a zinger. Um, Lamitra, $2. Char- Uncle Super Charles, chat. the ground ain't on top of me. I love that one, too. Um, and then B. Burr says he got a bone to, Super to chat. pick with me about the defense. It's probably going to be about the run defense. We we talked about that yesterday. Uh, but I'm interested. If it ain't the run defense, I, I am interested to see what exactly you're talking about. That's the bone. Super chat. And then Twan, salute to Twan for the $20 donation. He said, I watched the game twice. We missed out on a few plays for sure. And we're getting to a point to worry about, are we getting to a point where we need to worry about Dak's injuries adding up? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think we're looking at a Tony Romo situation. Here. He was cold and needed preseason game. How do we fix this guy? We had, we had ballers. Well, I think you need to start by throwing away this entire this scheme. But that's not going to happen. So if you're talking about how do we fix it now, players just have to rise to the occasion, including the quarterback, obviously, right? But I don't think there is an easy fix to currently what you have offensively. Now, you do get back Michael Gallup. Um, so obviously, you get some better players. You do get, hopefully, this is a conversation we'll maybe we'll have tomorrow because there'll be some practicing going on or whatnot. Hopefully, you get a left tackle swap where you bump down your current left tackle, right? Peters, and then you got uh, Tyler Smith. This is not to say Tyler was bad. That's not what I'm saying. This is to say that Peters is better (laughs) and your left guard situation is an issue. So hopefully upgrade at the offensive line, upgrade at the receiver position, and you hold tight so your quarterback gets healthy and you just try to push through this thing. I just don't think there is an easy fix, Tuan. I don't. I don't think there's an easy fix. Super chat. 
And then Cowboy615, appreciate the donation. It says, boycott the DC merchandise. They see numbers drop might might make them think. You feed a dog when it bites you, it will keep biting. It's not major, but a start. Yeah, I've been hearing that for, for a long, long time. I hear you. I won't stop watching and things like that. I don't buy a ton of merchandise as is, but hey, man, do what you got to do. All right. One more. Ham Zone 71. Super chat. I'm coming through. Kellen Moore don't like doing what works and front office condones it. Let me just read some more of my notes, then we'll jump into this room. Um, As you guys will see in, in, in here. No, I'm going to drop down to the tackles. We talked about the tackle situation yesterday, and I wanted to go back and look at the, the uh, all 22. And from a statistical standpoint, and, and from on tape, in my opinion, your tackles held up well. I think I said that yesterday when I came on the show. Penalties aside, my cousin Terrence, come on, T. You can't, be, can't have four penalties. Have four penalties. Combined, both of your guys had five or six or whatever it was, and four of them were pre-snap penalties. Can't do that. But from, from an actual play, your tackles held up much better than you could, not say could expect, but much better than I think most people expected. Um from the two combined, they have four pressures, two each, one sack. Could have could have put two on him, but they put one sack on Tyler Smith. Um, I think it was a stunt that came around, and I thought they were solid in the run game. The problem was, like I said yesterday, from a tackle standpoint, when they were off, it was costly. You you judge and you grade linemen on the full sixty five plays, not the two or three. But it, the problem was the two or three were the costly ones. The one that led to Dak getting injured, the sack. Um, drive killers in regards to the, the full starts, three of them or whatever it was on one drive, can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, but from a play standpoint, you if your tackles are going to play like that, you can you can you should be able to do something offensively. Interior was a bit of a different story from the left guard situation. McGovern was fighting for his damn life. Um, your center was trying to help him out in that position. I don't think Biotis played bad, but you know. There was some interior pressure from time to time. But overall, the offensive line, you would hope they that they, you could score 20 damn points with what they put out there. But uh, another donation before I get to this real quick. Super chat. to the From uh, Tuan. To the fans who say Dak needs everything to be right around him, I don't care. Let's go overboard with weapons. If that what, that's what it takes for him to ball, QBs don't grow on trees. And anyone you get, anyone you get, you're going to have to pay them, <clears throat> excuse me, regardless. Yeah, Tuan, I'm this fight, I'm I'm pretty much exhausted at this fight. And it's not even about fighting about Dak because the other quarterbacks are kind of going through this too with other organizations, but not like this. You need things to go, you need things to be right around your quarterback to win a Super Bowl. You just do. That is that's just obvious. But appreciate the donation, Tuan. Now let's jump into this to this film room real quick and examine mostly my issues with this passing concept Dak Prescott struggles um and honestly give a little hat tip to the Tampa Bay defense too all right let's let's do this real quick y'all ready take a sip of some water let's get into this indeed ask Aaron Rodgers indeed okay pull together about I don't know eight plays or something like that not all of them are the obvious plays, but some of the plays that I kind of wanted to point out 
for, with the struggles of Dak, with the struggles of the concepts and, and kind of what I just didn't agree with all the way. Let me stretch this out here. All right, this is the first play, and you'll see little notes down there. That's for me to kind of stay on track here, but this was a play action. I have 2v7, meaning they're going to get two actual passing options in a route versus seven defenders. One thing you will notice a lot in this game, a lot, you'll get three passing options versus seven or eight defenders for that matter. Two passing options versus five, six, seven, or eight defenders. Constantly, you would see this passing offense and concept having to go through a sea of red and it just never worked out. And then I have check down down here because I think that's really what you had in this situation. We'll let the play run. This was all night. Five different play actions, five of them. Now he's coming, he's coming here to CD lamb, but five different play actions. And you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys back in coverage with two wide receivers in the route. I saw this last year against the Saints. I saw this last year against the, uh, I think the Cardinals. I saw this last year against the Niners. Too often this happened. He tries to fit it in there. Almost gets picked. Should have got picked. But in my opinion, once you see <laughs> your numbers are not against you, just check it down to Zeke. He might have not got much. He might have. Who knows? But that's why I have checked down here at the bottom. I just far too often I saw this. In fact, they only ran play action five times. That's one of them. I lied to you not. The other four, I'm sorry, three or four of the five play actions that they ran, you often got a ridiculous number disadvantage when it came to the passing options. It was often two versus seven, three versus seven, and nine times out of 10, all you really had was a check down or the tight end on the out. So, one of the things there, not a good decision, obviously not a good pass, but should have been an interception. Uh, this one right here, I have top of drop and timing because I've seen this a lot. And this is a question I'm going to ask my guy, Dak, or not Dak, my guy, Jesse. I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a quarterback. I'm not an OC. I'm not a, not a wide receiver. I didn't play in the NFL. But one thing that I thought a timing-based offense did was at the top of the drop, Usually a route needs to be developed. Usually somebody needs to be open. Usually that is timed with the quarterback's drop. And when you look at this, boom. This is the top of the drop. Nine times out of ten, somebody's got to be not either open, expecting a ball, a route complete. We're still mid-route at the top. We're not even just mid-route. Dennis Houston can't get off of his press. Eventually, he releases free, but the pressure gets there by that time. He's still he's still hugged up, and if he comes to the middle, you got, I think it's Levante David that's going to sugar this area anyway and not going to be much there. You got the press here. There's nothing at the top of the route. So people always say, why does Dak hold the ball? And I've said this plenty of times. This is still so much Ernie Zampezi, North Turner, Air Coriel, number system, Jason Garrett, offense in its DNA. It's not, it's not designed to get it out quick. There's no West Coasty stuff in there like I thought it would have been this year. So when you get to the top, West Coast has to be out. There's somebody breaking. There's somebody there. That's not the case here. Dak has to hold it. Dak flips it and he and incomplete pass over. So 
If we take it back, you'll see Dennis Houston finally gets off his route here at the top. Breaks free, but by that time, the ball is pump faked. He has to come back, but if he comes back nine times out of ten, the pressure is here. He's probably going to get sacked. Maybe the pressure gets him here. But you have a pocket. You, you step up here, there, there has to be something. And the only something is, guess what? Check down. Now, obviously, he's going to be here for the check down, but just one, two, three, four guys, but really three receiving options plus a check down into a C of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What about this concept is getting these guys open? Just curious. I'm going to ask my guy, Jesse, in a timing based offense. Should something be done at the top of that drop? I've seen this last year plenty of times. Didn't like it. Again, check down. And then this is one. This is the main one we talked about yesterday. Well, one of the main ones. We'll get to the other main one later. I have it here. Trust it. Rip it. Live with it. You have to trust it. Rip it. Live with it, Dak. Trust it. Trust it. Right here. This is the one that came behind C.D. Lamb. You just got to let it go. Will he get smacked? Very possible. That's why I say you got to live with it. <laughs> he may get smacked. He may not. But you got to let it go. Instead, he pumps. Boom. That, that one little pump is all it takes. And, of course, you're not going to have great mechanics or accuracy when you pump like that with pressure bearing down on you. And he throws it behind C.D. Lamb, likely to try to protect him from Levante David. And C.D. Lamb, should he have caught it? Yeah, he could have caught it, but that's not a great pass. So you got to trust it. You got to live with it. You got to rip it. If he gets dinged, he gets dinged. You're at the point right now where you have to generate some type of rhythm. I believe this was the third possession of the game, maybe the fourth, can't quite remember. But you got that was the only option, by the way, you know? And if that's going to be your only option, you got to make sure that it gets there. Again, top of the drop. This is the guy open. He's coming back. There's nothing there. He's not looking, nothing here. Trust it. Rip it. Live with it. Got to let it go, Dak. Got to let it go. See what this next one's about. Uh, another one, play action, 2v7. He tries to fit it into the tight window, but again, as you guys see down at the bottom, check down. Here, here's my issue with, and I'm going to let the play run. Here's my issue with this. This should be deliberate. On the film, this should be deliberate. When I say this, those who are listening and not watching, I mean the check down. Too often, the check down in this offense is just a, Ah, no, nothing is there. My, my, my number route from the top to the bottom, nothing's there. I'm going to check it down. But what do we say coming to this game? Attack the edges. Quick game. Cowboys Nation, there was nothing about quick game in this offense on Sunday. So, okay, we're not going to run quick game. We're going to let these things develop. You get a play action. You got two wide receivers. One. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't understand. Why are we doing this to ourselves? This was at a point in time where you had a good feeling of what Tampa Bay was doing, which was sending four, <laughs> dropping seven. 
sending four, dropping seven. How do we combat that? How do we fix this? How, how do we adapt to that? Just check it down. But if you, if you notice that coming out of it, and this is a part of the read. The read is not check down first. The read is come out to play action, look for CeeDee Lamb right here. And he tries to get CeeDee Lamb right there. Good pass defense. Throws it in a ridiculous tight window. No catch, in my opinion. Right out the gate. I'm checking it down. But he's not there yet. Tony Pollard's likely tackled here. Regardless, just the game plan here in this sense, I don't get it. Uh, Dak Prescott was not good in regards to tight window throws, and this was another one. Even if he catches that there, maybe he gets his head clobbered off. Third and 10. This is where I want to give some credit to Tampa Bay. Topos, man. I mean, we, we, we said this before. Uh, Dan Quinn is, is up there with one of those defensive coordinators. Top Bowles is right there with you. A really good blitz concept here. You're going to see him bring the say, or bring the corner late. He's going to fall back. Watch this quick pressure up the middle on Matt Forniak. I should have did the other angle. But there's really not much here. He tries to hit C.D. Lamb across the middle of the field. It's just too quick. He sees C.D. run. Well, the pressure's there. I didn't even get a chance to pause it. He sees C.D. got this, not necessarily one-on-one, but if he can just step up and launch it and make, let C.D. make a play, Maybe something's there. But I think this is a fantastic blitz call here. Take a look at the corner. Comes a little late. The only other option is here. Pressure's already there. Now, let me ask y'all something. Y'all see that right there? That's number 20. Listen now. Tony Pollard. I, we saw some tape where Tony Pollard was doing some good things from a blast blocking standpoint. And I was the one saying, hey, he's not as bad as everybody's trying to make him out to be. But that don't mean you run Tony Pollard out there in third. And this is the reason why I did this. This is the reason why I wanted to show y'all this, this part right here. Third and 10. Tony Pollard is on the field. Not to go out on the route. To pass block. In what world does that make sense? Pressure gets there. No sack, but... Another one of those that should have been interception because he tried to get it to uh, C.D. Lamb, step up, and that's just it's just not there. It's just not there. All right, we got about three more plays, and I'll get to y'all. My apologies if this is taking too long here. Okay, I have mirror routes, handicap, 88, not 85. You're going to see that uh, over the next few plays. And what I mean is you're going to see, I think it's this one here is Noah Brown, and that is C.D. Lamb. And what I mean by mirror route, this is something I said yesterday on, on Vacha's show. They're going to run the same route. They're going to run the same route. The problem is, on this quick out, if Dak Prescott picks one side, now the pressure got there and the sack came, so it didn't matter. But this is my issue with this, so just ignore the sack for a second. My issue with this is, if he picks one side and it's not there, he can't come back to this, which is there. So... Dak has to pick the right side pre-snap, which a lot of this offense is pre-snap. You got to pick it. And if it's not there, go to the next thing. But anyway, I, this concept is normal. This happens across the NFL. But this is why I say 88, not 85. Why are you looking that way? Why, why are you not coming back this way to C.D. Lamb? Now, will it have mattered? Because you got a free rusher. And if you want to get to offensive line play, this is the this is where I put this on Tyler Smith. 
Tyler Smith likely should have came out. Miscommunication here, whether it be from Tyler, whether it be from Forniak, whether it be from the uh, running back, Tony Pollard. But I wouldn't put this on TP. TP saw the blitzing linebacker. That's his responsibility, right? But again, fantastic concept. Fantastic concept. You bring Devin White and you bring Levante David right over that. I don't know what these two were thinking. That's something I would have to ask them, but you get a free rusher out of it, man. Top O's just did an excellent job. Now, would he have been able to get it to C.D. Lamb, you know, accurately? Maybe, maybe not. But this is more so the concept and what I mean by the mirror routes. If it's a quick a quick call, he has to pick it before the pre-snap. He has to because he's not going to have time to come back. Because if he comes back, he's here, he's beaten down. There's nothing there. A whole lot of hooks, too, by the way. A whole lot of them in this game. Two more plays. Uh, okay, I got free play here. 88. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So this one here is just take a look at C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz and tell me if this was supposed to happen. Let's take a look. This is on a free play. Um, me personally, free plays, if he's seen it, maybe he didn't, so I can't expect him to see it. If he sees the free play here, I'm not going to number 17. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to somebody else. I'm pointing direction. We got to turn this into backyard football. We got a free play. Somebody go deep. He didn't. Incomplete pass to Dennis Houston. Now, again, does anybody else think this is strange to me? Or am I, am I tripping that both of these guys are in the same area here? Don't know if that was a mistake. Don't, don't, don't know if this was these guys like, ah, screw it. We're just going to run because we know it's offsides. I don't know. But I'd imagine this isn't a concept you want. You, have to, you don't want to have two guys that close to each other. That's what I wanted to point out to this play. I, I wonder if what happened here. I would, I would also ask, you know, hey, coach, what happened on this one? Hey, players, what happened on this one? And then finally... This play right here, honestly, more frustrating than the interception. Because fourth and two, with the game on the line, again, 88, not 17. Also have easy rub because this should have been an, an easy rub by Dennis Houston. I'll let the play run. He elects to go to Dennis Houston. This play frustrated me the most, probably in the entire game. Because there was still an opportunity to win this football game. They had some type of momentum. The game on the line, essentially. We're not going to 88. We're not going to Tony Pollard. We're not going to my tight end. We're going to Dennis Houston. Now, Dennis, was your responsibility to make this a rub? Because I've seen this play. I've seen this play. Where it's a rub route. That's enough. To me, that's enough. This ball should be going to C.D. Lamb, Dak, right away. And I've seen him do it. He's thrown touchdowns this way. He's converted two-point conversions this way. He's converted first downs this way. Got to come out to 88 right now. Didn't come out. Incomplete pass. Essentially ball game. And now they're starting it over here. So that's just some 
of the game. A lot, a lot more of that, by the way, in regards to the play action, in regards to the concepts, in regards to missed opportunities from Dak, um, pressures. It's more of the same the entire game. There were a handful of plays in this game from a passing um, perspective where I hate to use a term like wide open, like you see other teams, but where you got that. If when you only have five, six opportunities in a game, you got to hit those. And it's either, obviously we didn't hit it to Noah Brown one where uh, Dak doing out to Noah Brown incomplete or the play design just wasn't to go that way. It was to go this way. And he stuck to that as a, instead of coming back and maybe that got open late. If, if you're listening to me and you run this back six months ago, seven, eight, nine months ago, whenever it is, like, damn, man. Scott, you're kind of saying the same things you were saying in November, December of last year, right? I am. I am. I am saying that. I'm saying the same things. I'm saying the same concepts. I'm seeing the same fear or whatever or hesitation from the quarterback. I'm seeing uh, now the wide receivers are a little bit different. Um, a little bit more lack, lack of separation in this. But again, you don't have a scheme that's going to create that on its own. If you watched a lot of these plays and really go in and dive into it and break it down, none of nothing about this scheme is purposefully designed to attack a specific player. None of it. Me and Jesse, and again, we'll talk about this a little bit more, watching the ball games on Sunday and we're we're literally just breaking down concepts and how dope they were and we're hope, we're kind of getting excited hoping we see some some things on Sunday night. You see a bunch of over routes. You'll see Waddle clearing out for Reek or Reek clearing out for Waddle or or Thielen uh clearing out for for Justin Jefferson or the opposite. You you just see deliberate things. I don't see anything deliberate about this offense. Thus every single snap has to hit like th there cannot be mistakes because then there's hesitation and when there's hesitation there's an interceptions there's sacks there's missed opportunities what about this passing offense whether it be the cue whether it be the play calling whether it be the uh the designs i should say whether it be the weapons what about it excites you This ain't new. No, nothing excited me coming into week one about it. I watched it down there in Oxnard. I watched it up here. I didn't come away excited. I never, I never lied to y'all about that. I never lied to y'all about that. And then that happened. And I'm like, didn't doesn't surprise me. My only hope, hope, was that we would see some things we didn't see. We see some more creativity from it. He was more creative, in, in in fairness, in the run game, believe it or not, than he was in the, in the passing game department. And I'm talking about um, our, our, our scheme in general. If you're going to run this, which, again, I dubbed this an archaic system, this system really does fly like a 90s system. It does. If you're going to run this type of system, guess what you got to do, Cowboys Nation? You got to be a dominant run team. You just got to be a dominant run team. You cannot run this system and be mediocre, poor, or don't have the balls to commit. And this is coming from a guy who 
I truly believe in being run game efficient. I do. I believe in that because I've seen offenses do that. You just got to be efficient. And if, it, if it's working, you keep going at it, right? But we don't have a, a well, we didn't have, saw some cool things in the run game on, on Sunday. We didn't have a run scheme that allowed you to just be efficient, stay above the sticks, and, and then go off from there based off of the scheme. Last year was a lot of man on man. Hey, you run up the A gap. You try to, Zeke, I know you got a PCL. Just try to fight through for us. You can't do that this year. This year, you got to be committed to it because you got to pull these guys out of that umbrella. When I, I'm not lying to y'all, a ton of seven to eight guys dropping back there trying to throw it into a window, a sea of red with legitimately two or three receiving options, meaning wide receivers slash tight ends, and then check downs. Or you'll see a tight end block, 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 block. They come off late, but by that time, it's too late. If they're not going to change, then damn it, I, I would rather just run the damn ball 45 times. And that is coming from a dude who, who ain't about running the ball 45 times. But if that is going to be your concept, for 17 weeks, this will not work. If it does, I'll come back here and say, hey, yeah, I was wrong. But I just don't think it's going to work on a consistent bit. Maybe it'll work on bad teams. Maybe. Maybe it'll work on bad teams. Maybe, maybe, you know, Dennis Houston and Simeon, those guys will, will, will rise above the occasion on, on, on worse defenses. Maybe Ty Bowles is just too good. But I, I promise you, Ty Bowles didn't do anything tricky. Ty Bowles was mostly basic until third down. Wonderful third down bliss packages. But but there was nothing spectacular about it, Cowboys Nation. Um what he did. He just said, 49ers, watch this. I'm just going to do what they did. And that's exactly what they did. And I digress. My apologies. Um, my apologies for, for going on and on about that. But I hope that you guys got a chance to take a look at some of the things that I'm seeing. And when I'm watching this, I come away concerned. On many different levels, offensively. All right? Cool. Let's get back into the uh, phone lines here. Let's start off with the lunatic. Let me get you in here, lunatic. What's good, the lunatic? Sky, you're making too much sense there. You're making too much sense. That cannot, that won't work in the Cowboys organization, thanks to Steven. You're making too much sense. Hey, man. We try to make dollars and cents here. I get you. Now, remember, uh, Jerry bought the Cowboys because his loan was approved. He needed to pay back that loan. He tried to buy the Chargers, but his loan was not approved. So there was incentive for Jerry to change his ways. There is no incentive here. There is no incentive. He's going to win it our way. They're going to have that on draft night on the front of the desk. Win it our way. Or, in other words, lose it our way is how, what the fans are thinking. Mm. So, hopefully, something will change their mind. But with revenue sharing, you can boycott all you want. The other teams will just make it up when they start winning and their fans buy their merchandise. Interesting, though, about Dak. For all the Dak haters that have come out, you're going to get your wish. The out is in two years. After the 2024 season... This dead cap is only going to be 21.8. So conspiracy me thought it when all this offseason moves are moving. Jerry and Steven still don't believe in Dak. 
They're going to – and even every quote they said, well, when you pay this quarterback that much amount of money, when you pay blah, 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 they're testing him to see. They're still not convinced because that out is coming in two years. And no way am I signing him after um, this injury. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, it's, it's an out, right? His contract is up. Like it's basically a four no, year. Can, it's a four year deal with two void years at the end. Those void years are nothing. The void years are basically what uh, Keenan or Keenan. If you remember Keanu Neal's deal, it was a multiple year deal, but it really was a one year deal. Everything else was void. Uh, so he's yeah, got but you're, this you're gonna year. Basically, you're going to basically cut him. You're going to basically cut him with a twenty one point eight million dead cap hit. After next, after next, after next, hey, after next year is the quote-unquote out if you wanted to. But my question to you is, and I don't know if this is, if this is your, your thinking here, you're talking about Stephen Jones. Um, if, they, if they are out, right, if they are out, who's here? Who, who's the offensive coordinator? Who's the head coach? Because that, that's going to matter the most moving forward, whether it be with this quarterback or not. Um, that, that's what's going to matter the most to me. Who's, yep, who's here? If Sean Payton gets the power, it's him. If not, whatever well, well, Jerry well, Jones. Well, let me tell you this. If Sean Payton's here, Dak Prescott will be here. 100%. True. But it's going to be interesting, like I said. So, you know, those Dak, Dak haters saying he ain't it, trust me, he's not going to get any more help. This front office is going to go ahead and say, hey, can you elevate these players? And that's going to might as well just, you know what, don't even risk it. We knew that offensive line was an issue. And even for those that say, oh, he's often injured, that ankle injury was a freak injury. Sunday night he got injured because the guy got blown back into a Dak's face and he hit the hand. He, they sure. were going for the strip. Yeah, but the lunatic. It's just one of those, hey, but even the, Breeze went through it. But the lunatic. Brady doesn't go through it because 2.7 seconds. That's how fast he gets the ball out of his hands. The lunatic. It don't matter how it happened, man. It's happening. Right? Like, this was four years in a row. I think we, we, we can't be hiding from that. He, he is a guy that gets injured. Um, it is what it is. I know it's a lot of freak accidents, but he he's a guy now where you're like, all right, man, I'm going into the season. I know there's a possibility I may he may miss uh, some time, potentially a significant time, but he'll miss some time. So I, I hear you. I know it's accidents and what have you, but it is what it is. Exactly. It is what it is. And go back. Let's, let's go back to that quarterback drop between Aikman and Romo. Hey, I've been here through five and eleven, one fifty three. I don't word. mind waiting. That's another it's still discussion. my team. Uh. I'll be pissed off, but it's still my team. But I uh. appreciate Sky Watch. Your streams are entertaining enough. My That's man. what keeps me up for the games. They're even more entertaining than the games. So I'll be here, Cowboys Nation. You be where you want to be. You do you. Indeed. But I was always say, Uno Pinche Cowboys. Have a great one. Hey, can't get any worse than this, can it? Later. No sir. No sir. Appreciate you. I mean, technically you can. I mean, after week one, we're the worst scoring offense in the league. Can't get worse. Can't get worse. Speaking of which, did y'all see that little? Now, I didn't watch the all 22 in Amari, but I, I know Amari. Cooper, I'm talking about. Like, I, I know what Amari, I, I've, he's been here for four years. I've watched the tape of Amari. Even games where Amari Cooper doesn't have big production, I'm like, mm, he routed him up. Oof, he routed him up. Did y'all see that little highlight clip? Mari Cooper routing up J.C. Horn? I ain't seen none of that on Sunday. 
I ain't see none of that. Um, there was one play. It was actually uh, a series, really. I think it was the same. It was either the same series. No. Okay, I know what it was. It was after. Y'all know how my man threw the, the fit. C.D. Lamb. And let me say this real quick. I do think C.D. Lamb has wide receiver one ability. What I may be noticing very fast, and maybe it's unfairly after one game, maybe he doesn't have the wide receiver one temperament or the mentality. He talked that. He talked that. Off the field. On the field. Maybe he doesn't have the maturity uh, just yet as a wide receiver one. That's something that needs to grow. But anyway, I, I want to I point this out about C.D. The play where Dak threw it, I guess, right behind him right here. He dropped it. Bad throw. Didn't catch it. And he did the whole little temper tantrum. The next series, I think it was the first play. He comes out and we get a 20-yard play action boot to C.D. Lamb. And you can see at the top of that route, he didn't bother trying to route him up. He didn't bother trying to stutter. I'm a fake in, go out. He was pissed. Forearm Shivert Davis or whoever the cornerback was, out of frustration. Runs his route, gets wide open, obviously, first down, but it comes back offensive pass interference, and he knew it right away. Soon as he saw the flag, he knew it right away. And that, that to me, right there is the maturity part. It's not always going to go your way. And this is why... When people got on, I don't want to bring this back. My bad. I did it. I apologize. I'm in this, I'm in this box. Let me finish it. This is why when people come at Coop for his temperament, his mild manner, relaxed temperament, I always said this is crazy to me. He may be mild mannered and temperament and not be a guy that's gonna yell, scream, and flare and everything, but watch him down in and down out on on passing routes. He's still running these routes like he's gonna get the rock. Unless it's obviously something quick to the other side. He's still running these routes to route you up. He's still trying to get open. His frustration doesn't come through his game like it did with CeeDee Lamb. So I just wonder. I was in that box. I needed to finish it. Would have been nice to add him. Would have been nice to add him. All right. Uh, let's get Twan. I ain't heard from the other Twan in a minute. What's up, man? What's good, Scott? What's good, Scott? Oh, what a motherfucking Sunday. Can I get a bleep for that? Like, like, come on, like what a motherfucking Sunday, bro. <laughs> Just, what, what, what a Sunday, bro. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. A few things, and I'm going to get out of here. Number one, um, as far as that concerned, and I'm going to say this off the because you know how much I love this boy, that boy played shit. was like shit on Sunday. Garbage. No excuses. Agreed. With that being said, though, with the fans saying, again, that y'all want to trade this man, y'all want to get rid of this dude after one game, number one, y'all, I guarantee you, give Dak Prescott, Kyle Shanahan, or who else is another good offensive coordinator slash offensive mind, or give him Andy Reid, I guarantee you this dude goes to perform better in another team. Because I've seen it. And this is what, and this, and I'm going to get to my point here. I really think Kellen Moore is holding this dude back. Because I just don't see it with him, especially with that phone breakdown we just did like 20 minutes ago when I was watching. I'm like, what is he running? Two, three rock concepts in what, in a sea of coverage? Like, come on, that is so disappointing. Yeah, uh, even even more disappointing is, it seems like th there's a lack of, I don't want to say lack of, but 
there's not a commitment to continue the development in the organization from a quarterback standpoint. Meaning Dak is doing his trying to develop himself outside the organization, but who, who's a quarterback coach that's helping inside the organization within the offense and things like that? It's not Kellen. We we, we know it's not Kellen, right? Um, and that kind of goes back to when I was ranting and raving earlier in the offseason about I, I would love a voice like like Kitna. That play that I showed y'all where I said, rip it, live with it. That's a John Kitna situation right there. He'd have been in Dak's ear. Rip that shit, Dak. We throw a pick. I got you. He gets hit. Hey, man, it's all right. It happens. It's football. But I digress. Yeah. I really, I'm really starting to see kind of the value of Kitna because those years you could tell, like, when, when we first watched his rookie season, Dak was, like, Totally. He was confident, but he just didn't have this, this, the skill yet. And then when I think when uh, John Kitten came those two years, you could tell he was, okay, he got better with the arm and everything, and he was still making more decisive decisions. So I see where you're coming from with that. Hey, man, that, that, that's – this, this is so crazy. I said this on Vacha's show. I, I seriously would rather have that version of Scott Linehan than what we have now. This is no joke. Okay. Be, be, because we knew who we were. There was an identity. You knew what you could lean on. And that's why you saw the quarterbacks slash quarterbacks play with a different type of rhythm and confidence. Now it's still very much this see, take what the defense gives you, pass happy situation where cool, I'm cool with being pass happy when you had the pass happy guys you had last year. You shouldn't be nowhere near pass happy this year. You threw the ball 40 sometimes in this game. That's unacceptable. Yeah, it's just it's just soft. Like I just feel like this team has really gotten soft. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. ever since you know when, when Scott Lanahan left. I said, well, now let me take that back because we did Kevin did good some things early on, but he got figured out. And as what you do when you get figured out, is you got to adapt. You got to come with a counterpunch, and we've yet to see that from this dude. As far as C. Lamb goes, I'm again. I agree with you. I think his mentality, he does have some mentality issues when it comes to the field, but at the same time, off the field, it doesn't seem like it because he cares himself, you know, and as, as the way you're supposed to. But I just think we'll just have to see because I'm not out on him yet because I still still think he's a talented dude. Dude has talent. I just think he needs to clean up the mentality issues of not throwing the temper tantrum and don't show the defense that you're clearly frustrated. You gotta, I feel like you got to take it to the ass all game, even though you are losing. That's just me. But, yeah, I digress, mm-hmm. though. Hey, man, appreciate the call as always, Twan. Always. Salute, Scott. Salute. Yeah, man, I I, I don't even think it's bold anymore. That take in regards to... Oh, let me get you muted here. In regards to the identity we had, um, I still don't know what this, this team's identity is. Somebody tell me. What is it? Specific, meaning offensively. And this has been a question I've been asking since, like, Week nine of last year. Whatever the Chiefs game was. Because I, the Denver game, I said, I get it. Happens. But then something changed. And I, I feel like the residue from that is still hanging over this team's offense after week one. But something has to change now moving forward. You don't have the quarterback. You don't have the the offensive weapons you had last year probably won't get Michael Gallup back this week. And you got a big one, which we'll break down with the rest of the week against the, the uh, Bengals. I know a lot of people might think that one doesn't have a chance and, and you know, maybe you, you guys will be right, but 
I think the defense will we'll go back and look at their film room, which if, if you want, I could break down a little bit of that, but maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. I'll, I'll fly through it maybe today. We'll see. Um, but if the defense cleans up some things, I think they'll also keep the keep them in the game. It's the matter. Will this offense be able to score? I will say this about the flip side, Cowboys defense, and then watching the Tampa Bay offense. I said this on Twitter. I said it before. Like You know who what Tampa's offense is. Tampa Tom, there is no questioning on what they do. Schematically, any of that. It was deliberate. Quick game, run the ball. And we're going to set up off of that. My guy Mel hit me up this morning and asked me about Justin Jefferson. And I thought that was crazy. It's like, boy, you is you spying on me, man? Let me tell y'all what I did. And I got Danny and I got Brandon. The whole time I'm going to get y'all. Last night, watching the Seahawks game and being just a ridiculous degenerate I am football-wise and, and tape-wise, I said, man, let me go look at this, this Vikings game. I just want to see what other teams are doing with their, their number one guys, right? And not that I haven't done this before, but I wanted to, to do it last uh, last night. So I go and, and I watch about a quarter and some change of what they did. And I said, damn it. I come away from this team, this scheme, by the way, who their offensive coordinator slash head coach comes from. If I'm not mistaken, it's Scott McVay or Scott McVay, Sean McVay tree. But I come away like they know who they are. They know who they are. I'm watching the Game of Thrones right now. And we all remember when Arya went to, uh, what was it, Bravos, And went to the House of Black and White, and she became no one. And that was a good thing for her. But then she realized, nah, I'm Arya Stark. Can't be no one. Dallas's offense is like the House of Black and White. They don't know who they are. They're no one. And they think that that is an advantage on Sundays. I disagree. Maybe a better coordinator it could be if you had, you know, specific players, but I disagree. You got to be someone and you got to build off of that. You got to build off of that. <laughs> yeah, Jack. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get through. Uh, we got, I'm going to do Danny first and then B and um, we'll, it'll be a wrap after that. What's good, Danny? Did you watch the breakdown? What you think? Well, I saw that, and I rewatched the game last night. And uh, I'm going to say Dak was 100%, but the last guy I ever saw throw the ball and catch it was Mr. Perfect when he was doing his vignettes for the WWF. He, he ate a little. So we can't, we can't, can't, you know, we can't throw it all on Dak. We're talking about it. Now the word injury prone is coming, you know, showing up. When the guy's getting cracked left and right, can't throw out the word injury prone. McGovern, the few plays he played, wasn't bad. He played played seven seven snaps, though, so it's kind of hard to judge. Seven snaps, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he did decent for the seven. When Fournock came in or whatever, he got beat up like a $3 lot lizard. Yes, he did. Horrible. Horrible. 
yeah. horrible. You're gonna have to side. You're gonna have to put Tyler Smith inside and put Peters at left tackle for this year. In the future, does this kid have a, a future at left tackle? Well, Absolutely. before you go too far, before before you go too far, Danny, because because I know everybody's done with the season. But for week two, let me just reel you back in. Do, do you? I I I think they should kind of rush Peters a little bit. I know that sounds contradicting from me from last week, but do you think they should be tapping Peters on the helmet and say, "All right, man, it's two weeks. It's time to we got to get you in there for week two. Do you think they should do that? Sky, I said that last week. Oh yeah, I don't know why I'm asking I you. Said that you wanted him I to you, you wanted him to come off. That's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot. You're right. You're right. I don't know why I'm asking that question. I mean, how many how many offensive plays did Dallas run? Uh, I want to say fifty some maybe. Actually go look 50 something. Let's say let's say out of those 30 are going to his side. The other 30 that ain't going to his side, he can take a break. No, like no, was, no, 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 whoa, no, 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 no. I will no, I would not let you do that. You you do not ever. Danny, let me ask you a question. Did you ever play did you ever play football or any sport? I played left tackle. Okay, Danny. Danny. You but do not if, take if a break. The game, you do not take okay, a but, you take a break. That's how you break something. That's how you get somebody hurt. You don't okay, take a break. But if you if you rewatch the game, when plays went to the right side, Tyler Smith wasn't even getting out of his wasn't even wasn't even getting out of his stance. Listen, when the plays were not going to the left. Listen, I like Tyler Smith, but when the plays were not going to his side. We watched the game. Listen, I'm just How, yo, ca- yo, calm, calm down. How you gonna tell me to rewatch the game when I just did a damn film session with y'all? But I'm, I'm just saying strictly. Listen, when I rewatch the game, I'm going strictly O line. I'm not watching you, the wide receiver. Danny, I'm not, Danny, I'm you not. think I sit? I just told you at the top of this show, I grind my ass off on the film room. You think I'm just watching one specific thing? I watch the play multiple times. I watch different positions. I'm not coming on here telling you stuff that I haven't seen. Okay, and you're you're okay, you're, so you're you once think, again all over Tyler the place. Smith? You're once again all over the place. Stick so you stick Tyler to Smith it, Danny. I'm gonna hang up on you. I'm gonna hang up on you if you don't. Just relax and listen to me, because you have you have some like I don't know what it is about your points, but you go here, you go there, you're all over the damn place. Okay, Tyler Smith, I agree, should be bumped down next week for for the left tackle Jason Peters. I agree with that because you have an issue from the guard spot. Tyler Smith last week on Sunday, I thought was fine. I watched every snap. Was he perfect? No. Did he give up some pressures? Yeah, he did. Did he give up that sack? Yeah, he did. And did it cost you your quarterback? It did. And I said that, right? I said that. I, I said that could happen. And it happened. Okay? But what you said, I don't agree with. Vehemently. vehemently. I don't agree with it. You don't take plays off from the offensive line at all. That's how people get hurt. Period. Do you agree okay. with that or not? No. All right, but now, yeah, listen, I'm going to... I listen to you. Now you can listen to me. Now, when you're a left tackle and there's a sweep going to your right side, do you think the left tackle is going 100% like the right tackle is? Who is the DB? Who is the DB we had two years ago on Dallas that said, oh, well, when a player is going on the other side of the field, you can't expect me to run over there, even though he's making. I don't want that player on my team. 
Exactly, and I agree with you too. But what I'm trying to say is, when you're a left, when you're playing one, when you're the left tackle and the play's going all the way to the right side, to the, to the right side, you're not giving it a hundred percent. Like the play's coming down your hole. That's all I'm trying to say. And Danny, all I'm trying to say is, right. we could have got, we could have lived with Peters this past Sunday night. We, but it is what it is. Anyway. And listen, but all I'm trying to say is. Everyone's trying to blame Dak. It's not Dak's fault. Uncle Charles made a great point. He might have been hurt going into the game. He might have had his ankle an issue. He, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not sticking up the Dak 100. percent But you can't call a guy injury prone when he starts if he's getting hit left and right, left and right, left and right. And we talk, you talk about identity. This offense hasn't had an identity since 2016. 2018. Mm. Let's be honest. We haven't had an identity on offense. <laughs> it boils down to our team sucks. We don't have a good offense. All right. Appreciate the call, man. You're right. We suck, man. Let me get to B. What, what's going on, B? What's up with you, B? Oh, oh, I muted you. Wait, are you there? Are you there? Are, are you there? Hello? Yeah, all right, now yeah, you muted yourself. What's good, B? Oh, what's good with you, my G? Hey, man, just chill. Yeah, I, don't... <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to follow that one up. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, everybody got their opinion, man, so I'm going to just get right to it, man. You know, I was listening to uh, 105.3 yesterday, right? Yeah. And I was listening to Broder. And they were going back and forth with if Mike McCarthy should take off over the play call. And he said something that was very disturbing to me. He said his friends, and he still has friends in the organization. And he said the reason why Mike McCarthy hasn't taken over the play call is because he doesn't know the offense. Now, this is coming from Brian Brock. Mm. And I trust him. When it comes to stuff like that, it actually if, makes if, sense. If you want to listen to it, if you want to listen to it, it's on YouTube. The clip is on YouTube where they're talking about it. It's about an 11 minute clip on uh, their 105 three page. If you want to listen to it yourself, but he was saying he doesn't know the offense, and when he came here, he's used to that terminology in the West Coast from Green Bay, and he doesn't know the terminology, so he doesn't call plays. But my thing is this: it's in three years. It takes one offseason for a player to learn the offense. You're a damn head coach. Even though this may not be your preferred terminology, it's your duty to know the offense, to know what's coming next. When you hear it in your head, in your headset, what's coming through, you should know what's coming. And the fact that he doesn't know the offense and he doesn't know the terminology, that's troubling <sighs> to me, bro. That's heavy. That is, that's, that's, man. So when I sat there and listened, I said, okay. And that goal, and that's Jerry Jones' fault as well, because if you remember in this press conference, he said, when he hired Mike McCarthy, he said, there's not a coach on this coaching staff that Mike McCarthy wouldn't keep if he wasn't, if he didn't want him. We all know that's not true. We all know that Kellen Moore was forced on Mike McCarthy. And it's blown up in his face. When I sit here and watch, the game last night, the Broncos and the Seahawks, I said, it is no way in hell that the Seahawks 
right. can come up with an attack for Geno Smith that was just clicking in the first half, and it was tight end base. They saw something on film with tight ends where they could take advantage up the scene and in the numbers. Oh, the, that's the, all they was doing. The, the touchdown, I can't remember the tight end's name, but the touchdown to the one tight end, uh, what a beautiful design. Just, just a beautiful design. And, and again, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, where there's like deliberate clear out routes to get somebody open across the league. Exactly. I don't really see that in our concept, but we anyway. Don't. And it's just frustrating. Now, even on the other side, I was like, damn, Nate Hackett is over here dialing it up. You know, Russ just got to make some throws, but it's like, damn, they're attacking with a purpose. You, you watch them run one play. And then when they come back three plays later, you're like, damn, they set that up. When I watch our, our, our offense, there's none of that. And it's something that you used to say last year. The running game is not married with the passing game. It seems like Kellen Moore is just in a book. Oh, let's call this one. He's like a collector of plays. I believe that's the term you use. And that's what you see in his play calling. Nothing makes sense. When, when you when you dial in a play, when he's calling up a play, it's like, why did he call that? Let me go. That makes no sense. Before we get too far away from go this, ahead, before we go far, too far away, what you said about Mike McCarthy um, uh-huh. and the, the rumor that he doesn't, he doesn't know the, the system. Off the top of my head, I'm like, that kind of makes sense, right? Because when he got hired, if you remember, they, they, they asked him specifically about changing the scheme. And his answer, and I'm paraphrasing here, was, uh, well, you know, Kellen Moore, we're going to stick with that because it's easier for me to learn a new offense than it is for them. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, that don't even make no damn sense. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because usually when you get a new coach and he's an offensive coach, you want to implement your shit. But that's when you kind of realize, I right, clearly the Joneses wanted to keep Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy has to acquiesce and he has to learn the system. Cool. We in year 3B? And you mean to tell me you don't know the system yet? In three years, bro. Come on, man. That's, that's terrible. And... For me, as a fan, I sit back, and I told you a couple weeks ago, I said, I don't have no expectations. It's just going to be a week-to-week thing. Well, that's changed now. You know what my expectation is? My expectation is don't, don't F up this top seven pick. And I'm going to tell you why. Bring it that's out the, the only way. Bring it out the that's tank. That's the only way you're going to – I know, but that's the only way you're going to get this team to spend money. It's because they're going to have to spend money on a top seven pick because he's going to be that good according to his draft position, and he's not going to be cheap. So don't mess up my free agent acquisition, in a sense, with a top seven pick, if that makes sense. No, That's I, all I got, man. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I know – oh, I'll go ahead. Go ahead, G. Go ahead, and you want to respond. No, no, no. I was going to say, there's a lot of people that are, are – the tank is already out, and like I said, I don't blame them. It, we'll see here. I'm giving it a few more before I bring the tank out, but – uh, that's basically what you're saying. Team Tank, let's let's keep the top 10, top 5, top 3, number 1, whatever it's going to be pick. Maybe that, that's yeah, what will man, happen. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with, 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 with Let's say Dak Prescott missed seven games. Mm. You really expect Cooper Cup to go 500? I know you can't never say never. And the offense may look a little different. I don't know, bro. But if I didn't trust them with their $40 million quarterback, why in the hell would I trust him with a guy that had one career start? What Jerry Jones said, what did he say? Two plus one is four or whatever he the hell said. He said one no, plus one, one equals three. 
<laughs> Yo, well, one plus one equals two in this situation. If I can't trust you with your $40 million quarterback, yeah. I'm not going to trust you with your backup quarterback that has oh, one but career start. Believe it or not, there are there is a sector of the fan base that thinks Cooper Rush is better for this team. There is a sector. Boss guy. Bye, bye, Sky. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Man, be safe today, my G. Right, I'll let you after this week's game, bro. Appreciate you, B. Hey, maybe Cooper Rush comes in here and he's better. I, I hope like hell. How many games? Dak's not going to IR, so what, three games? I hope he goes three and now. I think it was some of y'all in the chat yesterday that was like, it shouldn't take an injury to Dak to do X, Y, Z, run the ball, scheme up this whatever whatever if it does hopefully it's, it's a wake-up call we had we had wake-up calls though. 2020 last year like you would think there was some wake-up calls that all right cool we got this worked or this doesn't work let's switch some things up but gotta see it all right that's the last call of today we're in a little bit of overtime so we're gonna we're gonna fly through these and get going. Let me get to the, the last bit of the super chat so I don't make sure I forget y'all. Appreciate y'all staying on me for that. My man B Bird said so you had a bone to pick me. Well, say for it tomorrow, B Bird, for the uh I guess for the defense. You said you had a bone to pick with me with the defense. Save it for tomorrow. Uh Cowboy615. Uh two dollar donation. Thank you. He says, appreciate the film breakdown. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Usually this is our after further review segment, but we kind of got that blocked off somewhere else. So we'll think of something different, but we'll probably do this every Tuesday. We'll break down some aspect of the game. Um, I hate that had to be the offense that didn't look great, but hopefully next week it'd be some good things from the offense. Maybe we'll do defense tomorrow. We'll see. Super chat. Uh, fresh fade. Ever since Kitten the left, Dak hasn't been as decisive. We As we talked about earlier, I'm going to stay on this here. John Kitten, I think, unlocked a different as, aspect to Dak um, from a mechanical standpoint, too. I, I saw a throw when I was watching the tape. That back foot kind of came up again. Um, now, usually you want that back foot down on on deeper passes. This one was kind of intermediate, but still, I wonder if he's kind of reverting back to some of his mechanical issues down low. I, I didn't watch enough mechanically to, to say, but... Um, He's tightened up mechanically since with with Kitna, but I think Kitna would have had him even better. But that's just he ain't come back. So Anthony Carter, mm. super chat. Thank you for donation or carrier. My bad. He says CD lettuce hands lamb. Super chat. And last one, my man L eighty four. Our ID PNH pray and hope something works gonna pray about it we're gonna pray about it one plus one equals three yeah danny we want jason peters in here we didn't want him in here after six days goodness gracious hey listen danny k knock do 305 says or knock 305 says run the ball is going to be Hell, now teams won't drop seven or eight. They're going to stack the box. So, stack the box. We we need them to stack the box. That's how I'm looking at it now, is make them come out of that umbrella. Make them come out of it. 
Uh, Jerry sugarcoating Dak's return in four weeks because Jerry's because the surgery went well. A clean break. We'll see if he's here. We'll see if he's here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Possibility for trade for Foles? I don't think so. Not if they expect him back in the next three weeks. I do like Mike Tomlin. That's my guy. Ms. Money says that coming back in four weeks. No way, man. Yeah. So if you're if you just jump if you just jumped into the show, in the opening we talked about. Man, I'll show you the roundup. I think we talked about. Dak Prescott, the first report prior to, to Jerry coming out was four, anywhere between four to eight weeks. <laughs> then Jerry comes out and says, yeah, we're not going to put him on IR. Uh, uh, we expect him back in uh, uh, Super Bowl. We'll see. We'll see. With that said, man, appreciate y'all for being here this morning. Hit that like button if you enjoy the show. Subscribe if you have not. If you're on this show right now, you haven't subscribed and you're wondering why you cannot comment is because you're not a subscriber. You got to be subscribed for at least 20 minutes. It's the best way to keep the bots out. Doesn't always work. Best way to keep the trolls out. Doesn't always work. But it's the best defense mechanism that we have. So continue to support the stream. Continue to support me. Continue to support A to Z in that fashion. You can also visit A to Z sports Dallas.com, right? You can also do that as well. And because I can't pick one, I'm just going to give all you guys in the Super Chats today's fan-focused comments of the day. Presented by Boston Scientific. Or as y'all like to say, me in 40 years. <laughs> Did you know that diabetes, heart disease, and prostate cancer procedures can contribute to ED? Many men aren't aware of this or all of the treatment options that a board-certified urologist can offer Understand your options and learn where you can find an ED specialist in your area to help. Visit edcure.org to get the facts and find a urologist who can offer treatment options that work for you. That's edcure.org, sponsored by Boston Scientific. If you need to keep up with me, you can. DFW Turf ticker right there, the number one artificial turf in the DFW area. King Element, go to hell, man. <laughs> With that said, hit this button and get that up out of here, man. Good stuff today. Tomorrow we turn the page. It's time to turn the page. We got the Cincinnati Bengals coming into town. We'll take a look at their offense or defense. Not quite sure which one yet. See how we match up. Start prep. It's time to move forward. We out of here. Love you. Peace.